Let me just say I am deeply grateful to be here with you. Um, I am humbled, um, and I have been blessed tremendously by being here with you. God is here. God is not only present here, but God is at work. And let me just say that wherever God is, and He's everywhere. He's always going to be at work, especially in people's hearts. And He has been ministering to me this morning. And God has been using the praise team and you to minister to me as well. Thank you so much. I feel blessed to be here with you. Uh, let me encourage you to open your Bibles, if you have one, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses 14 and 15. <clears throat> this is what the Apostle Paul writes in these two verses. He says this, and listen, for the love of Christ compels us. For the love of Christ compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. Isn't God good? God is good. And I'm going to tell you why this these two verses are one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because when I look at this, and especially when I reflect on the life of the Apostle Paul, especially in this chapter, I'm reminded of all that God has done in my life. And basically, that's what I want to share with you today. Because I know that if God has done something for me, He can do it for anyone. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes, God has use me to be a pastor of three churches, that's great. But what keeps us going as Christians, what keeps us going as servants of God, what keeps us going as followers of Jesus Christ is not who we are, what we can do, but what He has done for us and continues to do for us. And that is the most important thing in our lives, knowing that God seeks those who need him and knowing that once we realize that there is a God who loves us and not only loves us, but is willing to do the work for you, to do something in you so that he can use you for his glory. When you come to that realization, then you know that God will never leave you and you know that God will never forsake you. Let me tell you what God did for me. I used to hate God. I used to hate Christ. I even hated my own family.
You know, Pastor John, he shared with you where we met. And when we were going through college, that was probably the worst time of my life. And I'm going to tell you why. All I cared about is my own satisfaction. I got involved in drugs. I got involved in alcohol with alcohol. I got to a point where all I wanted to do was get drunk, get high, party. And not only that, but during our college years, you know, I come from a poor family. And I remember during our college years, especially when it came to the weekend and everybody was having fun and everybody had their own thing and everybody else had money except for me. And I told myself, I want to have those things as well. So what did I do? I started selling drugs. What did I do? I started making money. And I remember one day, I shut myself in my room. And because I wanted more, I made a prayer to the devil. And I'm not a religious man at that time, but I wanted more. And I said to the devil, if you give me everything that I want, I will live for you. And shortly after that, yeah, I started making more money. I started partying even more. I started having all that I wanted at a young age. But that doesn't last very long. The devil will always be ready for you to pay him back. Yeah, he'll give you what you think you want. Yes, he'll give you pleasure. Yes, he'll give you satisfaction. But there'll come a time where he's going to take from you. Because all he wants to do is to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. That's all he wants to do. So there will come a time where you will have to give back to him. And the time came for me. I got to a point where I was so desperate, I was so empty, I was so shallow. I was desperate to get out of the life that I thought that I wanted. And I didn't see a way out. And this man who hated God, this man who was full of rage in his heart, he locked himself in the same room in the dark and guess what I did? I prayed to the God that I didn't believe in and the God that I hated. And I remember I was so desperate and so tired of the life that I was living that finally I said, I don't know if you exist. I don't know if you're real. But if you are, will you please rescue me from this life? Because I couldn't do it. And I tried. But I wasn't strong enough. I couldn't get out of that life. And I tried. But my flesh and my desire always took me back. 
and I realized that I wasn't strong enough. I was too weak. So my, out of desperation, I look up to the sky and I cry out to a God I hate and I don't believe in. And I just cried out and said, if you are real, please save me from this life. And guess what he did? A month later, I went to prison. A month later, I got arrested. And I'm not here to glorify my past life. But let me just tell you this. You should never forget who you are, who you were, and you should never forget what God has done for you. I went to jail. I was arrested. I went to prison for nine and a half years. I was in a federal prison for nine and a half years. And I tell people this all the time. It was the worst time of my life. But on the other hand, it was the best time of my life. Because it was during my incarceration that I realized that God was working. I asked for him to deliver me and to rescue me. And this is his way to say, I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to allow something in your life so that you can stop and be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we're so busy with our own lives and you're so busy trying to satisfy and fill your soul with the world that in our humanity and because we're so lost in this world, we forget that there's a creator, that there's a God who created you for him. And sometimes God allows things to go, allows things in your life and allows hardships in your life so that that you can look up and say, if I can't rescue myself, then I need to cry out to the one who can. And it was in prison that God was working in my life. It was in prison that God showed me what He wanted to do with me. And I took my time in prison to do one thing, to know Christ even more. And that's all I did when I was in prison. And today... This is why I serve my Lord and Savior. Because I am convinced that He has saved me and He has transformed me. And I know that if He did it for me, the God-hater that I was, He can do it for anyone else. And God was using me to serve Him. But let me just admit something. You know, people think that pastors are super Christians and superhuman. You probably think that about your pastor. You probably think he never gets tired. You probably think that he's a superman disguised as a Christian. But even in our Christianity, even as Christians, we get discouraged, we get disappointed. Right? Sometimes we want to give up. Even knowing that we have hope in Christ, 
Sometimes we just want to give up, right? You're tired. You're tired of what's going on in the world. Maybe you're tired of what's going on in your life. Not only that, you know, as pastors, especially during this pandemic, I mean, I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up. And on top of that, as Christians, the world is constantly ridiculing us, right? They're calling us crazy. They're calling us stupid. Close-minded. And sometimes we just want to give up. But Paul says, you know, I felt that way as well. People are questioning his ministry, his integrity, his faith, his motives for serving Christ. And Paul is saying, you know what? I could listen to the world and give up, or I could remember what God has done for me and use that as a motivation to carry on and persevere and live for Christ and serve Christ and be a light and a salt of this world. If I want to listen to the world and give up and allow the world to step on me, or you can constantly be focused on the power of Christ in your life. So Paul tells us, I'm going to tell you why I'm motivated I'm going to tell you why I'm going to persevere. I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to give up. And he tells us why. And he says, let me begin by reminding you that Christ loves you. He says, for the love of Christ compels us. I mean, he begins emphasizing the love of Christ, right? And he's basically saying the reason I'm not going to give up, the reason I'm going to persevere, the reason why I'm going to continue in this Christian journey that I find myself in is because I know that Christ has loved me and his love drives me. His love controls me. It constrains me. It obligates me. So that tells us that Paul didn't stop thinking about the love of Christ, the reality of the love of Christ in his life. And when we think about the love of Christ, the love of Christ is one of the most powerful spiritual realities in the life of the Christian. It is. And he's telling us. He is telling us, one, that God is love Two, that Christ is love. And three, that every Christian has experienced the love of Christ when He gave Himself for us. So never forget that you are loved. You're loved by God. You're loved by Christ. And we have a choice to either give up or to continue. You may be discouraged, but our faith is in Christ and our hope is in Christ. And he says, this is what keeps me going. The love of Christ. This is what controls my life. The love of Christ. And when you experience the love of Christ, you understand that you no longer live for yourself. You live for Him. In other words, that same love that you've experienced that same love that is present and real in your life, it dictates how you live. And let me just tell you this, the more you experience the love of Christ, the more you fall in love with Him. 
the more you understand that His love is deep and wide, that it's profound. And when you understand that, you just want to love Him even more. But I understand that the struggles of this life interrupts our love for Christ. And you may be saying this morning, well, I don't feel loved. I don't feel the love of Christ. And there are reasons behind that. Think about this. If you are a Christian and you're not experiencing the love of Christ, then it's time to examine ourselves, right? What is it that you're doing that's interrupting the love of Christ in your life? What is it that you're doing that is keeping you from growing and experiencing in the love of Christ? Sin interrupts that in our life. Maybe you're not seeking God. Maybe you're running away from God. If you're here today, this is what God is telling all of us. You may be running from me, but I'm not going to stop loving you. You may not be seeking me, but I'm seeking you. And there's sometimes we're at fault why we're not experiencing the love of Christ. And Paul is saying, I'm not going to give up because I know that Christ loves me. And then, and then Paul says this, and I know that he loves me because I'm convinced of what he's done for me. That's why I know that he loves me. It's not because I'm so good looking. It's not because I'm so religious. It's not because I'm just that great of a Jew. It's not because of that. He says, the reason I know that Christ loves me is because he died for all. He was convinced that Christ died for all. And he says that right here, for the love of Christ compels us, he says, right? Since we have reached this conclusion, I am convinced of this very thing. He says that one died for all, right? And then all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised for them. So he was convinced that Christ died for all. And on a personal level, he's saying, I know that he loves me because he proved that when he died on the cross for me. You know what, we know what Paul is telling us about Jesus Christ? One, he's saying, Christ, I acknowledge and I recognized and I'm fully convinced. I have this settled conviction that Christ is the only one who is qualified and worthy to be the redeemer that I need. I mean, that's what he says. He says, for the love of Christ, he's recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, the one God sent to die for the whole world. And you will never experience the power of the love of Christ in your life until you come to the realization and you are fully convinced that there is a Savior, a Messiah that God sent to this world so that He could save you from your sins. And Paul is saying, 
I know that He loves me. He died for all, especially for me. And He recognizes that Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the only truth. And He's the only life. And no one can come to the Father except through Him. That is the power of Christ in people's lives when we come to that realization and are convinced that he's the only one who is worthy and qualified to be your savior. He says there is one who died. One. The only one that could die for your sins. Not only that, he's also saying that it is the 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 death of Christ that is sufficient for the salvation of every single person. In other words, he's saying one died for all, right? He's saying his sacrifice on the cross, his death was sufficient and paid for the sins of the entire world. In other words, it was Christ and Christ alone who was the perfect sacrifice to die and to be able to forgive us of all of our sins. Religion can't save you. Philosophy can't save you. If you didn't know, money can't save you. This world cannot save you. And Paul is saying... Jesus is the only one who is qualified to be your redeemer and your savior. And he is saying it was his death on the cross that shows us that it was sufficient for the salvation of all. Which means this. There's no one that is bad enough who is a sinner that cannot be saved. What Paul is saying, if he saved me, and Paul was a God-hater. If you remember, he was persecuting the church. He was killing Christians, right? And he thought he was serving God. And Paul is saying, if he saved me, a wretched sinner, he can save you as well. Because Christ doesn't care where you come from, where you've been, who you are. All he cares about is for you to recognize that you cannot save yourself and that you need him for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what he's looking for. He doesn't care where you come from. He doesn't care what you've done in the past. He cares about your soul. And he cares about bringing you to God the Father. He cares about you. Paul is saying, this is why I'm convinced that Jesus loves me because of what he did for me. He died for me. He died for all. And not only that, he's also saying that he is convinced that Christ is the only one who can transform your life and rearrange it in such a way where you could just focus on Him. This is why He died for all of us. Not only to forgive our sins, but Paul is saying, once you give your life to Christ, 
Once you give and surrender everything to Him and He transforms you, He he saves you, He forgives you, then you understand that you have a new purpose in life, that you have a new desire. And He says that He died for all so that we could all live for Him. That we could live for Him. You're no longer living for yourself. You're no longer living for this world. Let me just remind you that you exist as a believer in Christ to live for the one who died for you and who was raised for you. That's why we exist today. This is the power of Christ in you. But you have to come to that realization. You have to be convinced, first of all, that you need Christ. And second, that He is the only one who can do the work in your life that you're unable to do. So you have a choice. What are you going to choose? Are you going to keep going the way you're going? Or are you going to look to Christ? And this is the day that if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not here by accident. You're here because God is saying, what are you waiting for? Aren't you tired of your life? Aren't you tired of what what you're going through? You have to decide today what you want to do. Because yes, the love of Christ is real, but the Bible also says that one day Christ is going to judge everyone. And that was one of the things that compelled me to run to Christ. Let me just finish with this. In my time of desperation, not only did I want to be rescued from the life that I was living, but I came to the realization that if I died while I was living the way I was, where was I going to end up? I did not believe in God, but for some reason, I had death and even hell in my mind. And I was afraid to die. I was afraid to die, and I felt like I was going to die at any moment. Will this be the day that will be my last day? Because the reality is, we're all going to die. And we're all going to face God. And we're all going to have to give an account to God. And there's only one way that God is going to allow you to be in His presence, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. You will die. We will die. But that is the hope that God gives to everyone on this earth. While you're here right now, this is the day for you to come to Christ. And the Bible tells us that all you have to do is surrender your life to Him and ask Christ to save you and to forgive you. And He promises to do that. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son
that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is what God is promising you today. What are you waiting for? Believe in Christ and you shall be saved. Amen. Can I pray for you? Let us pray. Father, we thank You so much, Lord, for Your Word. And Father, we thank You so much, Lord, for sending Your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to give Himself for us. And now, Father, I just pray that You continue to work in our hearts and continue, Lord, to remind us that without You, we can do nothing. And I just pray, Father, that if there's someone here this morning that is discouraged and hurting, You're the God that could heal our heart. And You're the God who can heal our soul. And I just pray, Father, that You work in all of our hearts And if there's someone here that does not know your son, Jesus Christ, I pray that you reveal your son to them, that they may come to the knowledge of Christ and be saved. Lord, bless everyone here this morning. Bless this church. Bless this ministry. Bless Pastor Edwin. Bless his family. Bless everyone here, Lord, and do that mighty work in those who need you. Thank you, Father, for loving us. We love you. We ask it all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.